Hey guys, welcome to the Metamorphs podcast. As you probably know by now, my name is Lindsay Boynton and I own a fitness facility called CrossFit Backward Arrow. We are in Abilene, Texas, and I do this with my husband, Josh. Together, we encourage healthy living through body, mind, and spirit. My passion particularly is spreading awareness of the power of your mind and helping others use this to transform their lives. Today's episode is called The Two Steps You're Missing When You Try to Break a Bad Habit, which is a follow-up from last week when we talked about the three mistakes people make when setting goals. So the point that I hope you're getting from this is that our lives are made up of the choices that we make every day. The choices we make are often very automatic, which can play in our favor, but it can also, you know, hinder us as well. So unless you can interrupt that cycle, that autopilot, you're going to have a really hard time changing your habits and therefore your life. It is estimated that the average American makes 70 conscious decisions in a day. And that could also go up to over 130, depending on your level of responsibility. Like if you manage employees or you own a business or you have kids, but let's just go with the average number 70 and assume most people are awake 16 hours a day. That's almost nine decisions per hour. One decision every six minutes. No wonder we're so worn out by the end of the day. We just want to get takeout and go to bed. Decision-making is very taxing on the brain, and it takes a lot of our energy. One way that many successful people work around this is focusing on building good habits so they don't have to think about it. It's automatic. So lots of people have heard about the famous CEOs that wear the same type of outfit every day or they eat the same food every day. This is just their way of lessening the number of decisions that they have to make. So we probably know this, but we're just going to go back to the basics. The definition of a habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. So I think most of us would agree that we want to create a life built upon good habits as opposed to poor ones. We want to eat a healthy diet, stay organized, be punctual, exercise regularly, be more patient, or keep our house clean. And the list can go on and on, depending on you. So most people assume that to break a bad habit, you just stop doing it. If only, right? If only. It's not that easy. I've only known a very few people in my lifetime who could give up bad habits cold turkey. Most of us, especially me, struggle to eliminate our bad habits. And some people, you know, eventually they just give up and they're like, okay, well, this is how I'm made and I can't change. But you can. The secret to lasting habit change is to replace the activity or behavior you don't want to keep with something more positive. But in order to do this, you have to be aware of your habit cycle in the first place. If you have no idea why you can't seem to stop drinking a beer with dinner every night, you won't be very successful at overcoming that urge. So I'm going to explain the habit cycle. It's also called the habit loop. And I'm going to give you an example to kind of help you picture this in a practical way. And just a side note, if this is something you'd like to learn more about, what I'm sharing with you today is from the book, The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business by Charles Duhigg. 
And you can Google search his name, Charles Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G, and The Habit Loop and get an image of this. So a couple of episodes ago, I talked about the movie The Sixth Sense, and I compared that experience, like that aha moment at the end, to becoming aware of your thought patterns and the layers of your mind. Once you know, you can't unknow. This is the interruption of autopilot, thus the basis of changing our habits. You want to be in charge of your autopilot and decide what you want to be the automatic behaviors for your life, and this is possible. In order to do it, you need to know that a habit is triggered by something, either an emotion, a visual or auditory cue, a time of day, a person, a place, a smell, any of these things can set off your habit cycle. So for me, I have a lot of these, but based on a particularly fun experience I had many years ago, every time I get into a hot tub, I crave a pina colada, which isn't very often if you're wondering, but regardless, it happens. So once your trigger goes off, you initiate your habit and receive a reward of some kind. So there's the three steps, trigger, habit, reward. So let's go back to the beer with dinner example. I could probably just replace my beer with a different drink, some sparkling water or something, and it would work for a few days, weeks if I'm lucky. But eventually, my craving and urge will take over and I'll give in. That's because I've only addressed one part of the three-part loop. I need to understand my trigger and my reward. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to reflect. I'm going to ask myself some questions. Why do I crave a beer? Are there times that I crave it more than other times? What's going on around me whenever I get that craving? What do I feel after I drink it? What am I getting out of this habit? And if any of you remember Psych 101, you probably remember Pavlov's dog. He discovered that when he paired a ringing bell with a bowl of food, The dogs would later salivate at just the sound of the bell, even if no food was visible. The bell was their trigger. So after I think through the things that are happening underneath my conscious mind, perhaps I discover that at the end of my workday, I feel really tired and stressed out. So I think I deserve a beer because afterwards I'll feel more relaxed, which is my reward. Sweet. Now I know my trigger. I can start doing some work there to, number one, be prepared when my trigger hits so I'm not blindsided and I can have a plan for how to handle that urge. And two, I can try to alleviate that trigger in my life if possible. So since I figured out the reward, I now know that what I'm looking for is a relaxed feeling. And I can get that from other things like a hot bath, a walk, a nice chat with my husband or, you know, whatever that may be. Once you have a full picture of your habit, you can begin some work on long-lasting change. I've used this many times in my life with food and drink, but also with how I show up in relationships. This applies to any repeated behavior that we have. So this is a confusing process. Many people struggle to see themselves from the third point of view, which can make identifying your triggers and rewards kind of hard. But that's what I do. That's what I love. 
And I love coaching people through this process, helping them identify their cycles and then replace those unwanted behaviors with better ones, coaching them through the entire process. The Metamorphs motto is, the self is not something we find, it's something we create. You can create your life by changing your habits. Isn't that awesome? So from now on, I want you to get into the habit of asking yourself, does this support the life I'm trying to create? If not, change it. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to share it and subscribe to get more. Have a fantastic week and we'll talk next time.